Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. It's like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. We're going to come strong with this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7, but, man, not only is it not a victory edition of Longhorn Blitz, but, boys, we got a lot to sort through this week as Texas loses to Iowa State 23-21, getting ready to face a 9-1 Baylor team. Yes, Mm. go back to August and... Ask yourself, hey, would the you probably think the records for these two teams would be reversed going into this game? But they're not. Baylor's the nine and one team ranked in the top twenty five. Texas is six and four and trying to figure out what bowl they're going to. Uh yeah, it's just kind of where we are. We'll talk big picture and all kinds of stuff here on this week's show. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? One day we'll get to where Matt can have his plethora of drops back. Maybe we'll get there. Yeah, it'd be nice. Something. That other building, though, I don't know if we're going back there. <laughs> no, nobody. No, so, you are not so, allowed. No. Uh, we might have to just allowed, steal actually. a hard drive. Like Jeff that. is allowed, but none yeah. of, not me and you. Uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'm allowed, I'm going to choose not to, uh, not to go in there. <laughs> got a few spies. Might be able to get it in. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, um, a man who who was in that building across the way, but is here now at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 104.9 where you can hear him each and every week down the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-America, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. As he said, being in the CFL, it's like being in the porn industry of football. So he got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres, where he earned that degree. When he gets that T-ring back in his possession, he'll make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he's a card-carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, 23-21. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Rod. You and I picked an Iowa State victory last week. Matt, yeah. I think you had Texas winning a very close game. Yep, I flipped. I almost okay. had Iowa State, then I changed my mind because I thought Texas the short yards, line of scrimmage type stuff would go Texas's way. Did Ooh, didn't go their way. I did not. I, and I, you know, on the Horns pregame show, I joined Bucky Godbolt and Chad Hastings as I do every game day, two hours before kickoff, and I actually changed my pick because oh, nice. after the show, I. It, and I'll, I'll get back to why I regret doing that, not just the loss. <laughs> yeah. but I, I changed my pick because I'm thinking, you know, this is the kind of game that Tom Herman's track ret- record suggests he wins, right? Mm-hmm. You're an underdog on the road. You're going against this Iowa State defense, which we all know, we all said was good, an Iowa State team that was better than their 5-4 and four record suggested, which I told people, people were like, oh, you are what your record says you are. <laughs> no, you're not. Go ahead and look at yeah. Iowa State's losses a little bit closer. You can play me in fantasy if you think that way. I'll be down. <laughs> um, so all that said, I was like, you know, this is a game Texas typically wins. And almost immediately as I said that, Rod, I regretted it because I remember why I made the Iowa State pick in the first place. Mm. And my rationale for making the pick was I don't think Texas can play the type of clean game they need to over four quarters to win that game. Man, I wish I was wrong. I really do. But you look at whether it's penalties, whether it's one blown assignment on a 75-yard touchdown pass. I don't know if we've got enough time in this show to talk about the offense, but in no way, shape, or form was that game as clean as Texas needed to play to win it. Um, yeah, but I will say the offense deserves most of the blame because Absolutely. the defense, I when you hold a team in the Big 12 to 23 points in, in the Big 12, that is a game Texas, not everybody, but Texas should win. You hold somebody, I think I looked, I mean, Matt were talking about it. Matt Campbell is now 4-14 four and 14 after that game when he scores 24 points or less. 
So uh, he doesn't win a lot when right. he's on when he doesn't score a lot of points because he's in the Big Twelve because the Big Twelve is all all about scoring. It's all about points. So the fact that Todd Orlando, I I think did his job. Todd Orlando, we'll we'll get to him later, but he doesn't deserve the criticism this week. He's been getting a lot of it the last few weeks. He doesn't deserve it this week. He needs to go have a steak, go hang out with wifey, have a good time, and enjoy himself. Uh, he earned his money this week. This week, Tom Herman deserves all the criticism. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm a big Tom Herman fan, but he uh, he coached scared in that game at the worst possible time. And that's uncharacteristic of a guy who is brash and cocky and arrogant and talks about how physical his football teams are. And I like those things about Tom Herman, and I like those things about his football team, but he shied away from that in – in that game, because you weren't physical, we knew that. You just and I hope he he didn't admit that, but he admit they end up getting out coached. But you weren't the more physical team in that no. game either. You got y'all got Debo on, on mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage, which is fine. I mean, it can't win every you know line of scrimmage every game. Uh, but you then after you found out what was working for you, you decided to go away from that in the most crucial point of the game. So I so I'm I'm lost. Like I don't understand. Like you you. You made the adjustments that I expect a good coach to make when your initial game plan was terrible, and it was a bad game plan. And not because you didn't do your research preparation, because it just didn't work. <laughs> you came out, the initial game plan, and whatever y'all thought, first 15, 20 play, did not work. And, the mo- you know, ne- necessity is the mother of invention. In that 47 seconds left in the first half, y'all figured it out. Y'all figured out something only because you were basically in two-minute mode and you had 47 seconds to try to score, and you're like, we got to put some score, some points on the board. And out of that desperation, I think you found, you know, I mean, you were enlightened a little bit about, okay, okay, now we figured out how we can attack them. And when you came on in the second half, you doubled down on that philosophy. At one point, you threw it 27 times in a row, and I was like, okay, he understands now. Screw the game plan. Screw the running game. I am just going to throw it. We got Sam Ellinger's going to win or lose this game, and I was like, you know what? I'm cool with it. Yeah, and Sam, win. at one point, started to win the game. You had a 10-play drive and a touchdown drive. You had a 15-play touchdown drive, and every, every long horn started to go, okay, Sam actually is going to win the game. And then in the most crucial point, you pulled a Jason Garrett. When Dak was having his be- one of his best games ever, you took the game out of his hands and gave it to Zeke. When Zeke was having one of his worst games, you took the game out of Sam's hands. That's a, that, that didn't make sense to me. Yeah. So to me, that's the biggest indictment of Tom Herman in that game. And, and there's, like you said, Rod, is stubborn whatever label you want to put on it. Like Bill Walsh has had bad game Everybody plans. Coaches Every bad coach games. had Not bad, worried about bad that. game yeah, plans. Yeah, man. It, it happens. But it's like to go back to what didn't work. <sighs> that run game didn't work at all. Like. I, I was asked before the game, I think it was with Chad and Kevin maybe, but it's like, what does Texas need to do to move the ball on Iowa State if they're going to run it? I said, don't don't mess around with trying to you know, get side to side or try the outside zone. you got to run right at Iowa State. you gotta, you got to pound it between the tackles. It's the only way you're going to run it. And the few times they did run it, that's what they did. But because it was pretty clear early, like outside zone, not going to work. Mm-hmm. Some of your pin and pull stuff, with as much as they're slanting, yeah. it's going to be hit and miss. And, Some of your brain and, butter wasn't going to work. And you got to a point in the game where it wasn't even worth trying anymore. Yeah. So I just don't understand. And, and like, I think the thing that concerns me the most, and, and it's not that I don't think Tom Herman's going to work out, but I think now people that cover the team, the majority of the fan base, I think this is the first time. Where people have had real doubt, even if it's a little, even if it's a little bit yeah. of doubt, it, it's it's doubt. People forget he's young, though. He is. People forget that. But his rationale that well, if we'd have thrown three straight incompletions, I'd be answering tougher questions. Okay, it comes with the territory of the Texas job. Do what you do to win the game. Don't worry about what we're going to ask after the game. Just go do it. Win the I game. Hope he wasn't worried. I well, hope that wasn't he, his concern. His <laughs> and he said that it, the main concern was the clock. But still, along the same vein of what Jeff's saying is. The same principle that he deviated from what he normally does, and that's like even from not only what was successful throwing the ball in the second half and what was good, but being aggressive. So if you're saying that then now I'm changing what we're doing because instead of playing against the opponent and trying to score and everything you just pointed out about being in the Big 12, you need to have points. He admitted that when that final last drive he had a primary focus of running the clock down, which is different in elite. And if you're an offensive guy, Mm. if you're a guy that's confident, if you're a guy that knows 
the territory of the Big 12 in in this situation and then knows with what was just successful that you hadn't been able to run the ball successfully. Now, I'm never going to question like a quarterback run with Sam. You normally have a damn good advantage and in that situation, I could see it if it had been working, but when it's not working, me and Rod were talking about this before the game. It was like, well, what was working? We had been able to move the ball in the second half and yep. been able to air spread it out. them out. Exactly, and you're doing different things. Well, if this situation they're expecting power, this is where you get to the situation where you go and you don't play your hand, you play the man the opponent what oh well they think we're going to run that's when you can actually go and counter that's off exactly of what right. that would be yeah. in that situation that in that clutch. play it would have been, been great because they all I mean they were sold out on stopping yeah. that QB stopping run it's going to come in and stop the run right there so either way it shows him either deviating from his main principle and he's an offensive mind and being a guy that's aggressive, all those things don't align with that last series. And then exactly. if you're like, well, if you're looking at, well, we're late in the game, just need to be able to run out this possession. It's like, yeah, but you can't get a first down doing that. So at least through there, just some, and we've been the one team and coaches talked about it. And we've got to the point that, Extensions of the running game can be the running game. You don't have to traditionally run. Who's they tried on third down? And you throw to yeah, exactly. And like you can maybe throw to backs and do something a little bit more inventive to where you know Coach Herman's the guy that got to Texas because of being on that cutting edge always and always being one that was the forward thinking mind you would think in the offensive game of football across all of college and pro football. But when we've seen the last year or so is. Like it almost as if like it's allotted its full capabilities within itself, and this is where you have other teams adjusting to you, and you have to go and make your adjustments or layers or your complexities of your offense can be built off of it. And those are some of the things that we'd say are lacking in these situations because it was sort of back to what we expected to see on that last drive. You can't, you you can't at, at, at four minutes, four minutes and one second left in that game, be worried about time. When you're only up by one. And mm-hmm. the way the game was going, that was a bad decision by Tom Herman. He yep. should have went with, you know what, we got to get a first down by any means necessary and the traditional style of it in working. And he, he should have, number one, he should have had a counter. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm with you. Uh, you know, you should have had, you, 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 and you talked about it before the show, you know, remember Joe Burrow against Alabama? He has mm-hmm. to play where it looks like a quarterback draw, and it's a pull-up pop pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? You should have had one of those plays ready. Up. Joe Brady had that ready. He's like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I, it, there should have been something, because that would have been the counter. The yep. counter is, they're looking for the run, they're ready for the run, you come out in more of a, a power set or whatever, and you can still... And you get a 70-yard the, touchdown, because they are whatever just Whatever it is, zero. you know what I mean? Roll left. That's yes. the, You know what I mean? That, no, Where's, exactly. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't see that counter ready to go. And my point is, the, the, the decision should have been, because, and I remember Matt Campbell said after the Oklahoma game, when why did you go for two, and, you know, you had the momentum, and you just had to kick an extra point, and you could have probably won the game and beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma. He said, I was watching Brock Purdy. I was watching my quarterback, and my quarterback basically was balling. Yeah. And I wanted the ball in his hands, and I'm fine with the ball in his hands. And we lost, but we lost because our guy went out there and gave it everything he had. Confidence. And, hey, man, it didn't happen for us. And Tom Herman would have came here on Monday and said, man, did y'all watch Sam Ellinger out there in them last few drafts? I figured, you know what, if we're going to go down, we're going to go down with that guy. And if we're going to win it, it's going to be because of that guy. And I was watching that guy, and that guy was at a, at a Vince Young swagger level I, at yeah. that point. He, he struggled early on, I did. But at, at those last two drives of touchdowns, you saw it. He was ready. He was, he was Westlake, Sam Ellinger, playoffs. He was ready. And Tom didn't recognize that. Everybody else was like, no, let him go get it. Just spread him out and have everybody go, man, the Longhorns are going to be aggressive here and get a first down. you damn right. It tells me the pressure of the situation affected and his impact he, of his he, play he call. He got there. conservative. Like, and this is a guy, hell, we were, remember, what's the, what's the Kansas game? This, this is the same yeah. guy that decided with like eight seconds left in the Kansas yeah, we're game. We're going to go and out for four go yards. And throw <laughs> Throwing out in that game before yours, everybody was like, "That could have all and kinds of wrong." Like, what's going Why on? Why did you do that? That could have confidence. Hurt him. And he's like, "Nope, we got a quarterback that takes care of the football, that makes good decisions, and in the clutch, we know he can handle it." 
And in this game, you didn't do that. And it's usually, you know, give it to Sam. And I was disappointed that he didn't do that. Yeah. And it was a Jason Garrett-type decision to me. It's a revealing way to show that, like, for some reason, he was lacking confidence there in what he should have been most confident in. And it makes you wonder if the atmosphere and situation on, impacted his decision-making. You and Sam danced on the sideline together at the damn Texas Bowl. <laughs> Come on, man. Give it to You should have pulled him over to the sideline and went, Sam, listen, we're going to give it to you. Make good decisions. Don't lose the game for us. Check it down. Scramble. Get down. You know what I mean? Then the worst, the worst that will happen when you make a good decision is the clock will run. And that's what we want anyway. And he didn't do that. To he he coached scared. And I listen, he ain't scared, but he coached scared in that moment. And scared money don't make money. To your there point you on that. Go back to the Oklahoma State game at the very end when they needed a first down. Same situation. They needed a first. You get a first down, game's over. Come on now. And third down, what do they call? Sometimes it's the most obvious that. call. It was a great call. And LHN had them mic'd up. And I don't know if you guys saw the long all access deal, yeah. but it's a it's a hard run action. And then yep. Sam's going to roll out the right side. And Tom Herman tells him, unless he's butt naked open, don't throw it and run. run it. Get what you can. Come on now. Uh, that was it? Yeah. Come on, same situation. <laughs> let, let Sam make the decision. He will like the likelihood of him making a bad decision, in my opinion, is very small and minuscule because he, he's been making good decisions. Now, he, of course, he throws picks. He's human. He's not perfect. Well, he's and then perfect. there's an added but variance if you do that because, like, if you just are running them, there's no other but option. But, like, yeah, like, like exactly. Jeff said, you gave him parameters. He was like, all right, listen, we're going to run this play. If you got it, you got it. If not, you run it. If not, throw the hell away. If the you know defense I mean? beats you, you still yeah. can win because so you I have that capability. But you chose to just go back to your initial game plan, your your first 15-play script. It, <laughs> yeah, it pigeonholes you. And if you do that, you have to be confident that your Crazy, guys up front are going to win. And the thing was, was is insane. your guys up front hadn't been winning that entire game. Now, entire we game. went into the game maybe thinking they would. I did. But then Tom's got to be able to adjust and change that end game. Rod, let's let's talk about just the offensive structure, if you will. And I won't get into the whole quote, but uh, Tom Herman was asked in the Monday press conference kind of about how they go through the week game planning, and he talked about <laughs> five how minutes. I did hear some of that. I, I was really liked confused it. about the breakdown of it, so I don't. I didn't. I kind yeah. of tuned it out. So yeah, break it down, please. Well, let me know. yeah, I got to find the quote. It's a lot. Well, he it seems got like in, there's a lot. In, it seems like there's a lot of people involved. Well, see, it right? just sort of seemed like the question was a question that maybe not necessarily rubbed them the wrong way, but it was a question just like, oh well, what what goes into the offensive process? And then he's like, oh, you really want to know? Really Here's know. five minutes. I'll give it to you. No, and he gave it's him like, five minutes no, of detail, like and you, I, I enjoyed it. I learned from it. I've but heard that. When it the was people, five minutes of nonsense. No, the, st- the, the, the government does that, and the state yeah. does that. When you are given open rec- records requests or something, oh, yeah. sometimes they'll just give you like 18 it's like boxes a filibuster. Or like, here oh, we go. You want, oh, you really want to research? Yeah. Okay, you know what? See if you can find this needle in a Here's haystack. Here's 5,000. Yeah. Know, and that's what I saw and heard on Herman's face to Chip's question. That's a good one. All right, so he basically breaks down how basically the GAs and the analysts, right, as they should, are involved in kind of the deep dig stuff. So the staff gets the stuff at the beginning of the week, and it says they, they're they responsible for things like, uh, hey, when they line up in this look, uh, let me find the quote here. The CNN they, okay, talked about. They do a ton of deep digging in terms of, hey, we, we understand that they line up in this look 78% of the time this formation, but how does it change when the back is offset here? How does it change when the tight end is maybe in a different alignment? So basically, your GAs and your yeah, analysts are doing tendencies, all the tendencies and yeah, trends all and all stuff. that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, those guys are big in terms of deep digs. Uh, then to take you behind the scenes a little bit, Herb Hand, Derek Wareheim, and Stan Drayton, seven a.m. Monday, go down and watch cutups in the O line meeting room and formulate game thoughts uh, just on the run game. Uh, Tom Herman, Tim Beck, Larry Fedora, and Andre Coleman are watching. Uh, for bigger picture stuff, formations, blitz pickups, front tips, coverage tips, uh, who are they from a personality standpoint? Then Drew Manager and Corby Meekins, they separate and go watch for personnel on the back end. How do we attack? Uh, how do we attack with coverage adjustments to different formations, yada, yada, yada. So basically that's kind of what it is. And the, the yeah, game, this is the research, the, the, ba- the background research. And this is all on first and second down yeah, yeah, within yeah. the so 20s. They, yeah. yeah. So then we get yeah. back together for about, at about 10, 10, 15. On, that's on, uh, I guess, Monday morning, all in the same room, put thoughts together in roundtable, and that's for what Herman calls CNN, competitive normal normal, 
meaning the game is still competitive. Uh, you're breaking down a lot of, uh, you're not breaking down a lot of film in a 45 nothing game with third stringers and blah blah blah. Basically, like Matt yeah, said, yeah, 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 it's first it. and second down when the game is in control. <laughs> then later in the week, you get Somebody into third down. situational stuff, yeah. third and long, third and shorts. And I asked Red him on the big, I asked him on the Big 12 teleconference because this is something else we'll get into on their fourth downs. I, I want to know, like, are there fourth down plays that you carry with you every week that regardless of who you're playing, what their personnel is, what they like to do with their front. We feel really good about this call on fourth down. We've worked it. We've repped it. Mm-hmm. This is something we've got in our back pocket for fourth down. He said, no, they specifically game plan for fourth down every week. For, for different they don't players. carry stuff week to week. It is, it's all new well, every week. Well, I'm sure it's variations of stuff. They well, do. and it's all but like it, the idea it that it's be, first and second down is what he was originally talking about. So what you're asking right here, I bet he would compartmentalize third down and fourth down are situational with right. the red yes. zone, so you separate those. My yeah. point was I, I just I got to thinking about just his offense, Rod, and just kind of kind of trying to really get into like – we've talked about the pro spread and what it means and what Tom Herman wants mm-hmm. to do, but – I think they're not losing the battle to me with scheme. They're not losing the battle with personnel. They're losing the battle with self scouting and game planning and preparation. Plenty of times, multiple times actually. And it's pretty clear now, though. That's where they're losing the battle. Like it's not the scheme itself is not bad. The personnel you the personnel you have. Well, it's not perfect. No, no scheme is perfect. Yeah. The personnel you have is not bad. Yeah, I've seen much worse in this program. Trust me, mm-hmm. the staff has had much worse. You got a quarterback. Yeah, who regardless of uh, there's multiple threads on our board asking, is it time to give Casey Thompson a chance? Which <laughs> that's ridiculous. To each their own. Oh, yeah, but the same people that want Tom Herman fired. Already, you've got so. a quarter. You've got a quarterback you can win ball games with. Mm-hmm. That's one of the better quarterbacks in this league. Yeah. So you've got a lot of stuff going for you. I, I think the where they're losing the battle is game plan preparation and self scouting. And I go back to that, Rob, because I go back to the USC game mm-hmm. his first year when they're talking about, well, you know, the situation one of those overtimes is to go for two. And he said, well, we blew our two point play on third down. Throwback yeah. pass to Cade Brewer. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking at the time, like, you only have one two-point play? That's it? Not yeah. a lot of people go for two very often, but I agree you should well, have more than one. And yeah. at that point in that stage, they yeah. were at the infancy. That was Sam's, like, first game. So I'm just saying they probably didn't have well, a lot in the book compared here's to Here's my point on Good this. Point. Here's my point on this. As many close games, like Tom Herman, code, the way he coaches, the way he manages the game, you're going to be in a lot of close games. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't you go to the – ultimate length to make sure, hey, if we're going to be in close games, we need to be really, really good, as good as we can be in short yardage, as good as we can be in red zone goal line. We need to have multiple plays in case we got two-point situations that come up throughout the day. Like All these situations that come up in close games, if that's the way you're going to coach it, shouldn't you be forming your game plan and forming and, and doing your stuff ahead of the game? Shouldn't you be forming and saying, okay, it's probably going to come down to last minute one position. If we need a two-point play, we've at least got options. Like we said, have counters, have different stuff. Like That, to me, Rod, is where this staff is kind of losing me right now. Um, well, I don't know. That, that's, I've ranted about self-scouting on the show before, but right. I, I'll say – I think and me and Matt were actually talking about this too because Matt said he saw Tom Herman on like mm-hmm. Rewind or something, yep. and I'll let you talk about that because I think that was interesting too, and it adds to the same point that Jeff brought up. It's you know he does and, I, and I, all the breakdown about you know the background on how the offensive coaches are scouting the other teams and situations. I mean everybody does that, and and that's great. It sounds like that everybody's uh, at least dividing up the responsibilities. But they they still don't self-scout in the way that they don't understand how teams want to attack them on a game-by-game basis. Yeah. And, and Matt and I were talking the about quote, how— quote, I'll just give it real quick. No, go ahead. You go, go, yeah, because yeah, it was just like what we had heard him say. It was after the Kansas game, whenever Kansas started throwing the ball all over. TCU. And he, said it, TCU. he said the same thing. And I believe it was after LSU and OU, but he was like, yeah, you know, they just came out and did a lot of things that we didn't expect to see and didn't see on film. And it's like, <laughs> they're going to do that <laughs> always to you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what's going on here. Like if you're expecting to just go and turn exactly on the what play you saw and, and then go devise your game plan and that's football, it's not where it's at right now. It's exactly right, and that's kind of my thing. I think he and he he genuinely seems surprised when yeah, it's like, he did. I thought Max Duggan was going to run it more, and it's like, well, I could have uh, told you they were going to try to pass it. I on saw you that more. rewind this morning and was <laughs> like, God, I'm happy I watched that. Yeah, so I yeah, I think he, he that's what he needs to figure out. And I don't know who you. Uh, and I, I, I would honestly, and we, we were talking about this, I would honestly, if I was a coach, I'd have two analysts 
that literally week by week, they were the other team. Yeah, you aren't even Texas. They, you're, you're, you're the you're opponent. All, you're, you're trying not, to yeah. make me prove yourself. You're trying to what? You are the other team. You have watched their film. You've broken down us all year. How would you attack us based on our weaknesses, based on our strengths, and based on what you do well and how you do it? And I don't think there's enough of that. I know that's pretty elaborate, but, you know, that's Belichickian. You know, that's, you know, you got to be. That's that's chess when everybody else is playing checkers, especially when you have unlimited resources at Mm -hmm. Texas. That should be something you have. And that's how you find a, a really young, good coach, too. You'll yeah. find a, lo- a young Jim because you'll get, you know, a young Brent Deerman, you know what I mean? Yeah. A young, a young Shano and this bring him in and like, damn, week. this dude's got some great game plans to whip our butt. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so I, I, I challenged Tom Harmon to, to, to like advance the self scouting to the point where you have people within your department who are, Intentionally trying to uh, every week break you down and exploit your weaknesses. Yeah, I don't re- know if there's enough of that. Reverse engineer your roster against Bam. it and that's be exactly able to look right. at it. And that's a perfect way. Yep. To, when you look at production, exactly right. You always have to weigh both sides, and it's the same thing that, like, say you're looking at the NBA and the way a team's pace goes, and you can't just look at the other team and be like, oh, well, they run, so then we're going to run. It's like no, but then how does that affect how you yep. counter back? And there's always that balance between the two before you get an actual. Dep- like you can look at the film, but then you got to sit there and be like, okay, well, how are they going to go and attack that? Well, then if they're going to probably do that, we have to know that we could also build an entire secondary game plan in case this comes yeah. up. And that's so how you then get, real yes. quickly you can flip the script Boom. and you can you go, anticipate. You yeah, anticipate and it's it. almost the inverse of yeah. what you are doing. So if you understand yeah, exactly that right. and that you can make that quick adjustment. Yep. But, they, that gives you your plans A, B, C, and D going into a game yeah. and it doesn't take you as long. And you don't have to stumble upon yep. it like Texas did versus Iowa State. You don't stumble because the truth is okay, this is why Texas should have anticipated what Iowa State was going to do. You're missing Colin Johnson. So if I'm a DC going to the game and you don't have Mr. 50-50 on the outside. The yeah. guy your target is a first down 50% of the time or it's a touchdown 50% mm-hmm. of the time. So if you don't have that guy, okay, well, then I'm let, well, there are two principles to this Tom Harmon pro spread offense. One is the power spread and the other is the deep ball. Mm-hmm. Right? We are, we've talked about this on the show. So you've already eliminated the deep ball. And Devin DuVernay, we know if you watch film, what? 60% of his targets are well within five years of long scrimmage. He's not up. running deep that that often. So, okay. All right. So Maybe now we can try. Two, three it. times a Boom. game. And you'd see vertical. when Texas ran trips, what, what did Iowa State do? They'd put four defenders out there and they'd, they'd hover one guy in the purgatory so that he could always add late to the box. So they wouldn't always lose in the numbers game. Texas would be like, oh, we had the numbers advantage because mm-hmm. they're going to put four out there to defend our three. And they did for a while. Then Iowa State said, ah, well, okay. Let's, you just hover right there. If they throw it out there, you run late to the, to the tunnel screen or the bubble screen. But if they run, you just add to the mix into the running game. So we always got – it's almost like we got 12 guys when – you know what I mean? Because yeah. we got another guy. We're displacing numbers. So uh, – and, and for a while, they, they played that low game. But Texas should have anticipated Iowa State was going to stack the box, number one, because there is no threat over the top. Brandon Eagles, okay, he's going to run a nine route. Okay. You know, I mean, we'll cover it. Right? He, he's, he's, he's not Colin Johnson. They're in yeah. a lot of branches on Brennan Eagle's route tree. Yes, he basically okay. runs like a nine and then an end cut. So if That's you're doing the research, you already know, like, all right, listen, he's going to run these two routes. Colin Johnson's got we're worried about running deep. So you compressed everything now. That's why Texas early on couldn't run, all right, because they got lots of guys in the box. Devin Duvernay is an extension of the running game. Hell, they just put two, two guys on Devin Duvernay and said, man, flat foot, read it. Flat foot him. He's going to run it out. He's going to run a quick hitch. He's going to run a bubble screen. Don't worry about it. And which is pretty much the case with, with, with Devin DuVernay because they don't really run him on vertical routes. They figured that out late, right? They ran the smash concept for the first vertical pass of the game for Texas. By the, by the way, the first time they threw over 10 yards in the game was that Devin DuVernay 17-yard pass. We catch it almost like, you know, Lynn Swan style on the Step sideline. Mm-hmm. So why Texas should have already known, like, okay, they gonna stack the box because we ain't got we ain't got Colin. If hell, if I was going up against us and we didn't have Colin, dude, I wouldn't worry about any other routes really deep because Texas, other than Brennan Eagles, he runs that one route. But you know he's not Colin Johnson. No, it's right? not a spread offense so, at that point. Yeah. Like you're literally in a phone booth if you're doing this. So so that's all they did. That's why that's why the RPOs didn't work because the bat, it was too packed in. No, there was enough space for the RPOs where you ever saw Sam. He would run your RPO and he 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 pull it back down like damn because it it wasn't clear that you know the read wasn't clear. There's so no Texas, backside. But but where was the where what where were they weak? You can't defend everything all the time. And so if you bring you're compressing everything, then where are you vulnerable? Where are you vulnerable? Deep, 
deep, mm-hmm. deep, deep. Or the backside. And they figured it out way too late. Yeah, backside and deep. And they figured it out way too late. Oh, let's just spread them out, dude. And the running game became the check downs and, ta- and, and uh, the scramble game mm-hmm. for Sam Ellinger. And then they just threw it vertical. And here, here's and this is why Texas figured it out too late. Texas threw two Vertical passes, 10 yards or more down the field in the first 29 minutes and 13 seconds. <laughs> so from that la- that point, from that 47-second mark in the second quarter, it was 47 seconds left, the last drive of the first half, they threw 18 passes, 10 yards or more down the field. Of the 20 passes, they threw 10 yards or more down the field. All but four of them were on the three touchdown drives. So they figured it out. They figured yeah. it out. Okay, okay. It's deep. That's what because they plan this preview, but we got we got holes and creases deep, and only only Eagles could find them, and pretty much only De- Devin Duvernay was skilled enough to find them. Yeah. But then it opened up other things. So my point is, Texas should have been ready for that. They should have anticipated that. And the thing was, right? is we that, came into it, this. Colin Johnson's not playing. Everybody knew, like, well, hell, they're definitely not worried about any other receivers. Remember last Changed week's show, plan. we sat there and I talked about just by looking strictly at their sack rates and the way that they use guys, that they're not going to bring any pressure nope, on passing downs. They're going to drop down, and it's what they've done all year, and yep. they're going to continue to do it. And they did do it. And you have smart receivers that made that adjustment and smart play calls exactly that found right. that they mesh found point yep. that's in front of the back end of the net that can get you the 15 to 20 yard, which is the exactly explosive right. what you're looking for. And you you did that, and that's good adjustment. And to be able to continue that, it's just the last drive you didn't. Because you have noticed they were playing a defense where they had a, a an umbrella over mm-hmm. the defense, so you didn't get the streaking downfield throws, but you got the vertical smash combo, the seven yep. routes. You know what I mean? You got They're Brandon Eagles. Yeah, they ran that Brandon Eagles, which is the only good coaching call of the day on offense. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. Everything else was just miraculous efforts by individual players. Think about it. Uh, Sam Ellinger's touchdown to Epps. He runs. Yeah. He Reverses field mm-hmm. like he's freaking on. Remember the Titans, and then lasers, uh, then, yeah. Then uh, Eagles, his touchdown. I mm-hmm. mean, what the hell? That was amazing, right? Yeah. And then you got you got Devin Duvernay making some miraculous catches. It was all that was all those touchdowns were on play. Even that zero blitz one where Sam puts a touch on it and then Ingram comes down with it. That was just great individual. Well, wasn't it, wasn't it nice to see Texas beat someone on a zero blitz? That was well, that was then, ironic. That was the, ironic. How but, how great it was the eagle when you just said the Eagles play. I didn't even notice at the time, but like he, it's a run play. He's just blocking. And then he just had the wherewithal to realize, oh, Sam's going to throw it to me. And they didn't have anybody illegally downfield. So he went from blocking to turning around and caught the ball. Yeah, that and, was a designed run play. And my favorite Eagles play is, and it's, it's, it's the only coaching like, advantage Texas had in the game, in my opinion. They run trips three by one, and he's on the single receiver side. They run basically the concept we talked about that the Texas stole from LSU mm-hmm. uh, last week where Cosme had the holding penalty where they, they basically run Devin Dune. He's the number three receiver on the trips, and they run him all. All the way, deep drag across the field to the opposite sideline, and they throw it, and it was beautiful. LSU did it against Texas. Same concept with the single receiver, and that's what Brandon Eagles, that's second and 35, yeah. God, yeah. or whatever it was, <laughs> that he runs deep drag all the way across the field, and then they hit him on that opposite sideline, and it was that was a beautiful play. Only thing I'd ask, let the number three receiver on the trip side also run to the opposite sideline, so- and then have them at the mesh point to crossing totally to give Sam Ellinger, yeah, to give Sam Ellinger uh, some options and then run somebody right down that seam where they would mesh, like right in between, like a little deep, a late deep post right there. You know, oh, that would be just so sexy. All right, it's time for our first break on this week's show. More Iowa State talk is on the other side, and we'll start looking ahead to the Baylor game. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24 7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. You guys know I've been a big fan of Matt Rule for a while now. I just love how he approached that job, the way he evaluates talent, the way he runs a program. Uh, I'm just a huge Matt Rule fan and what he's done. Think about this. That Baylor program under our briles was burned to the ground. Yeah, they were like 1-9 or whatever. They were 1-11 two years ago. And they're going, they're going down the stretch with nine and one. And if they went out there playing for a conference championship, yeah. And here we are with Texas at the end of the decade, and it's just still kind of, eh, well, we don't really know. We won ten games last going. year. Won the yeah. true, Sugar Bowl. True, yeah. But you know. it ain't. Uh, Texas is just, it's not, and uh, KD, Kevin Dunn brought this up, it's just not a straight line. Uh, the trajectory isn't what people wanted, but the results it, it, aren't it, linear. If you had just switched this season and last season. 
then Longhorn fans would feel a lot better. That Basically, mm-hmm. that Georgia game is probably the yeah. worst thing that ever happened to Tom Herman now looking back. Uh, so, Rod, when we talk about this Texas defense against the Baylor offense, Baylor offense is not really – it's not a dynamic offense. Uh, it's really it's centered, effective. It's really centered around Charlie Brewer. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, it, it kind of reminds you – it's a to me it's a it's a better version of like the 2017 Texas offense when we talked about what's the identity of your offense well, the identity of your offense is Sam Ellinger if Sam Ellinger's not playing well then you're not going to play well true. and basically that's kind of what Oklahoma did in that second half they just basically decided Charlie Brewer's not going to run the football yeah he was like, killing them in that first half yeah. mm-hmm. as a running threat and then yeah. yeah but Mims on the outside is a problem yes he he's is. a he's a he's a freak man so he's a problem too I'm more I'm more worried about the Baylor defense strangely enough more than I am the Baylor offense because that defense which, is good yeah which mm-hmm. is crazy to say considering I know that you know the the Texas defense has its own struggles but right now they're trending in the right direction and I think our offense is trending in the wrong direction. And as Matt will bring up, this is one of the, the biggest tests for the te- – the Texas offense will be, is being tested late in the season. I think the Texas defense had its tests early in the season. Mm-hmm. And now, you know I mean, the, the road is a little easier for Todd Orlando and the Texas defense. And they're healthy. Now, it will change because Baylor does run more 10 personnel. They will spread, they you, spread out you out a little bit more but, than uh, Iowa yeah, State did what K-State yeah. did. But that I, means I, Todd Orlando can run his, his eight DBs out there. He'll love it. He'll be like, oh, yeah, eight <laughs> DBs, baby. Yeah, Todd Orlando loves that kind of stuff. And one thing, which means eight DBs, one thing we haven't talked about that kind of got lost. I thought DeMarvion Overshown played really well. It was the first time we've really seen him be yeah. that effective. But he is made for games against teams like Iowa State, yeah. right? He's a hybrid freak, so he's basically a linebacker. But he's, he's the guy you want guarding Charlie Kohler. Yeah. yeah. He's that. He's the guy you brought in for tight end freaks like that. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's why I think he fit in so well. So, Rod, when you look Andy at— Sean Jameson, shout out. Oh. Boy, <laughs> Bowling, yeah. we, uh, Impressive. So, so when you look at this Baylor offense, uh, I, you mentioned Denzel Mims. Uh, I, I kind of like their, their skill guys on the they outside. They do. They're lean and athletic and long. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like them too. Yeah, they're they're matchup problems for uh, and then they're running back. Teams. They're running back group. I don't. They're led by Jamichael Hasty. I don't think that group is great, but they're solid. They're good. They're just good on the line of scrimmage. They got a veteran, veteran offensive that's line. Bay- that's where Baylor is good at. They're good yeah. on the D line. They're good on the O line, and that is a problem for Texas. Yeah, it's crazy Period. when you look at <laughs> Baylor because you know that they're such a physical team oh, and like man. to pound you. And like how we talked about how Charlie was tearing them up early, but then they quit running them. You look at just Baylor just didn't have the ball in the second half. It was totally absurd. Well, in they that run that like four plays in the third quarter. Or Something wow. I know that then when you look overall, it was like sixteen plays for the entire second half to like 58 for Oklahoma. And wow. Oklahoma had the ball like for 25-plus minutes because you look here at Baylor, other than Charlie Brewer's 14 rushes, you had Hasty had three, and then Lovett, Fleeks, and Ebner each had one. Wow. Like they just totally kept the ball away from them, and it's sort of what Baylor's going to want to try to do to Texas too with the way that offensive lines perform so well with Baylor. You have a Ooh. QB that can extend like if you don't have a play, he's smart enough to be able to diagnose and have that functional mobility Man. to go. So it's an it's a recipe that's going to be tough because they just may be able to keep your offense off the field, shorten this game, and then the way that their defensive line plays, it's going to be hard say, for you I to get it back. I don't know if they need to shorten the game. I don't know if we can <laughs> block their D-line. Yeah. No, I'm serious. No, I'm not I, joking. The numbers I don't are know. absurd. They're top if 10. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to spread it out. Listen, they need to have a plan, A, B, is C, and D for pass protection. Because your first one may not work out. If you go 10 and spread them out four wides, you may not be able to block them. You need to have something ready to go to in case your first plan of protection isn't working for Sam if you want to throw it. Now, ideally, you'd like to run it. Yeah. But I don't know if you can run it. I don't think you're going to be able to do that. I know you can throw it downfield on them, but can you protect Sam long enough to get the football downfield? These are the two things against one of the worst. You got one of the worst pass blocking offensive lines in the country. Mm-hmm. All right. Worst in the Big 12, and you just show versus Iowa State, you don't really have a dominant run game either. No. Well, you got the- injuries on the O-line. Man, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm worried about this game. I'm, I, I'm worried. I've, I've been, I've, been, worried, I've been worried about it since August. I'm yeah. worried. This is the one that I circled, and and I. Well, this is before you knew Baylor was going to be good, and this yeah. was before I knew Texas was going to have four losses at this point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so no. you didn't know Baylor was going to be good, and you thought Texas would be better. Oh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, because last you week, looking at My it, bad. I was like, well, you know, I, I like <sighs> Baylor more than Iowa State. I was thinking, oh, Texas Man. may have the advantage up front. Texas O line has been able to push people around. Iowa. State 
State, D-line, not so good. Texas should be able to, and then they didn't. Wow. And then now you're facing Baylor, who is 14th in the nation. If you look at their oh. D-line in line yards, if you look at standard down line yards, they're 7th in the nation. Now, Texas, we're top 11 in both of those, but we just got hit in the mouth by a team that was statistically much inferior to the one that we're seeing today in Baylor. And then mm. Baylor's sack rates are all in the top 30 across the country. And then even the opportunity rate, just being able to get people off the field, yeah. they, they're top 27, they're 16th in stuff rate. So in Texas's strengths, they're just as strong or stronger. And they're much better than the team that beat you on the line of screen scrimmage last week in Iowa State. So, like, that's where, like, last week I thought it could be a narrow Texas victory. This one probably lose to Baylor. Now I'm really worried that this one could get a little could bit uglier if you don't. If you aren't able to get in and get some type of success Offensive in the first quarter rhythm. or second yeah. quarter, then it could go bad. Offensive rhythm is key. And even Tom Herman talked about that versus, uh, you know, that Iowa State they couldn't get offensive rhythm. That's what I'm worried about in this game. How do they get into a rhythm early on? Because when once Texas gets in a groove, that's when you'll get your 10-play, 15-play yep. drives because they do get in a groove. But when they don't have a groove, whew, Rod, it looks ugly. I'll, I'll boil it down to this. I think Texas wins or loses this game based on what that opening offensive script looks like. Oh, no! Please no, no, don't I, say that. I think it's that, I think it's that, that huge. That opening script versus Iowa State was trash. I know. I think it's – but go <laughs> back. trash. But go back. They're, like, well. they're, they're, their opening scripting is LSU is really good. That Iowa State, uh, yeah, you're right. They've had, they've had times where the opening script has been really good. But I will say that's before film was out on them. True. Exactly. So I, I, I'm, I'm leery of going back to that LSU game period because think about how there's only two it's games. So fresh. There's only one game of film True. out there on everybody. I got you. We've learned and that this staff since, isn't good with film Yes, and we talk about self-scouting. So since there's been more film on Texas mm-hmm. and Tom Herman's offense – They've regressed. Yep. All right. So I am a little. And the opponents have performed better when there's film yes. on the both sides. So I'm a little leery of the going back to the LSU game about stuff like that. The only good thing is, is Baylor has struggled at uh, power success rate D line. They're outside of the top hundred. That's the only thing they really haven't been great at. Power success rate was that yeah. running like in between the top? No, that's just going to be third and fourth and short basically. Okay. So we talk about just having to get in two or one when it's under three. You realize Baylor's D line has almost as many sacks. Texas has as a team. That's their starting D line: Bravion Roy, wow. James Lockhart, James Lynch. Fifteen and a half sacks. Texas as a team has seventeen. That's what I'm saying. I I don't I don't know if we can block them. What do you do when you can't block a team? So your screen game's got to be on, right? Got to have with Texas does. <laughs> yeah. Well, wide receiver screen. So they run the quick passing game, so you can get the ball out quick. But then everybody knows that you're going to run that. So you basically have to diversify your screen game. You need to study Shanahan and study Andy Reid and diversify your screen game. Get some really elaborate screens. Uh, and man, you gotta you gotta pray Colin Johnson plays because you need to beat man coverage and beat it quickly. Yeah, I mean, you guys have to beat coverage quickly. I didn't feel good about him playing against Iowa State based on what I was hearing late in the week yeah. last week, and it does. He's Tom Herman's already saying he's doubtful at the beginning of the week. All so right, then he's not playing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't See, count on it. Then that's, that's not good because the well, other thing I was going to say is keep one of those tight ends in. It's basically just an inline blocker that always gives you a six-man to block. So you Not kind of max protect, if you will. But if you don't have wide receivers that can beat coverage, then you can't afford to be that outnumbered in the in, in the pass game. So. You, know, you know what I might Oof. what I might do, Rod, as crazy as it sounds, to just to play with a bigger surface? I might take, like, Christian Jones or J.P. Urquidez or one of those guys and say, hey, you're moving to the tight end this week. Oh, I'm saying we don't like, need you running routes. You're just going to basically be an extra, an extra You can't blocker. afford to waste a number, a body, if you can't win on the outside. Then you're never yep. going to win on the outside without Colin Johnson. Now, if you got Colin Johnson and Devin DuVernay, hell yeah, I can do but that's that. that's where we're at, but That's right? a negative that's numbers name. That's Instead of trying to get a numbers advantage, we're compartmentalizing that's where we're ourselves at. and making it be like 10 versus 11. If you want to run the ball if you want to run the ball short yardage, that's not. I don't think that's a terrible idea. No, 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 no. I'll but do that. I'm talking I think, about I think I think what really I mean really what you probably gotta do is you probably try to go as much ten personnel as you can and try to spread them out because really last week that was really the only thing that was working for you when no, you I'll did spread Iowa State. I would definitely out. spread them out. I would yeah, no, no, that's the way to go. And well, by the way, way to go. When you talk about when you talk about uh, Baylor's lines of scrimmage, you can credit two lifetime Longhorns for that. Frank O'Cam is the D line coach. Give it up. And Josh Cochran at this point is basically the assistant online coach. Oh, wow. oh nice! I, I didn't know that. Yeah. And Give it's it so up. fitting for Okim to be at Baylor. Like it's like a he it was going to be a doctor, and they're like a medical school type place. He's a good like, dude too. Fits perfect. Okim's a good guy. 
Frank has been at Rice and Baylor in his yeah. brief head coaching. <laughs> yeah, Quite exactly. okay of him. And if I honestly, I wouldn't doubt if he actually wasn't like went to school there at the time and has like his masters now or something crazy. Yeah, like, like that. He's right. He's that kind of guy. I think he. I think he was a G. I think he G eight at Rice. Yeah, so I'm think. saying like I wouldn't doubt if he. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. And I wouldn't he's be surprised awesome. if he's like going to school to be a doctor in his spare time. Like yeah. literally, like while he's, coaching. He's also he that probably, kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, so we got to make predictions for this game. Uh, Matt, start with you. What you thinking? Oh, man, I'm thinking Texas Falls. I think it's probably going to be a mm. really well-fought and a good game. Like That Iowa State game was a fun one to watch because you saw on both sides like there was some good play and flashes of good play, but it just wasn't consistent enough. And Baylor's just seems like a better version of Iowa State almost now. The skill sets of the skill guys are a little bit different, but I just don't like seeing how good Baylor's been on the offensive line. When you already have those principles, you hear about Rule coming in and this is what this whole team's going to be founded on and what we're going to build this from the ground up. And he's literally done it and done it exactly how he said he wanted to do it. That's quite impressive. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Say that they win a a closer, lower scoring game like twenty eight, twenty four. Matt, at this point in the week, are we still at five and a half? Is that what uh, we're six at? is what I'm six? seeing. Okay. Yep, about forty six percent of the market is on Texas, so it's yeah. about a fifty fifty split. Okay. Uh, I will go. I'm I'm picking Baylor. Obviously, I just don't see a lot of advantages. If I'm if I'm if I'm checking boxes about who has the advantages, I think Texas may have a quarterback advantage if Colin Johnson doesn't play. Uh, you know, then the wide receiving advantage is is it shrinks a little. I, I think Devin Duvernay is that good. By the way, disrespected him by not being a bullet in the call. Yeah, mine's based on Colin being out, based on um, what Jeff said. Yeah, but other than that, I'm trying to see if Texas has an advantage anywhere other than quarterback and maybe wide receiver. Because coaching, I can't just say Texas has a coaching advantage. No, not at this point. O line, D line, running back, nah. You know what I mean? So at just, least the defense is playing well. The defense is playing well, but I think Baylor is a better football team and a better coach football team, and they have better lines of scrimmage. Even though we got Sam, it's not enough. As it has not been enough this year, Texas falls to Baylor 30, 30 to twenty four. Ellinger gets another West Westlake Lake Travis yeah. <clears throat> duo with go. Brewer. Yeah. The uh, the only way I think it could work out for Texas is if, well, two reasons. If this team actually does play a relatively clean game, which also they yeah. haven't to this point. Uh, and two, if it's a situation, Rod, where <clears throat> Baylor just has one of those hangovers from, from the Oklahoma game where they're up you know, 25 points and let mm-hmm. a lead slip away and maybe that team doesn't handle it from a psychological standpoint, I, I, that's the realm I think you get into. But right now, in terms of personnel advantages, there's not one that big in Texas' favor to make me feel good, like you said. And schematically, I can't give the Texas staff the advantage based on offensively what Agreed. we saw last week. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I'll still take Texas to cover because we can pretty much guarantee that. They're they're going to fight. They're going to scrap. They're going to claw. Uh, the, the talent will, will make enough plays, I think, to keep you in the game. Mm-hmm. But I just... I'm I'm just gonna take Baylor. Yeah, Texas hasn't put it all together. Like you've gotten like seventy five percent of it together, but at some point that's this year, either the defense or the offense, or there's been a glaring special team. So it's like still waiting for the one to align and we're almost out of games. And then you'll need to beat Tech on Black Friday at that point to finish seven and five. Rob, you're gonna bring the seven and five back song back? Oh, seven and five guy. That's oh, for man. old Shannon. You might have to. That's for Shadow, but no, I'm about to bring amazing. it back. Oh man. Seven and nine Bad times. Uh, all right. It's time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven as we close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at bevel.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive.
Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. From ooh to aww. Whatever reaction you're looking for this holiday, spread more joy with holiday cards, calendars, and photo gifts from Vistaprint. And now you can get up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars at Vistaprint.com. Discover cards in the latest trends or fill a calendar with your favorite photos. So make more merry at Vistaprint.com with up to 50% off all holiday cards and calendars. Plus great deals on photo gifts. Just enter code HOLIDAY50 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com. Code HOLIDAY50. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Message and data rates may apply. TNC and privacy terms can be found at babble.com slash terms. Please don't text and drive. Have you wanted to speak a new language, but you thought it'd be too hard or take too much time? Then try Babbel for free by texting WORLD to 64000. In just 15 minutes a day, you'll be on your way to speaking a new language in just a few weeks. And right now, you can try Babbel for free. Babbel starts out teaching you words and phrases by matching them with pictures. You won't believe how easy the interactive program is. Soon the sentences get a little bigger, and before you know it, you're having simulated conversations voiced by native speakers. And because Babbel is crafted by language experts and uses the spaced repetition method, in just 10 to 15 minutes a day, you'll be speaking the language of your choice with real confidence. With Babbel, you can speak a language. Just text WORLD to 64000 and start your first lesson in the language of your choice for free. Download the Babbel app or text WORLD to 64000 and try it for free. Text W-O-R-L-D to 64000. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting OFFER to 84888. Take advantage of our best Black Friday sale ever and save up to $400 when you buy a mattress and premium sleep bundle by texting OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. 
here again is Jeff Howe. And for Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shame this plug. Don't forget to find this podcast, search Horns 24-7 Podcast, to get us, State of Recruiting, and the flagship anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Don't forget to like us and leave us a review. And thanks to Matt, you can get our classic interviews and shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.